Badger fans, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. We got the man on the show today, Brian Smith. Um, one of one of your favorite guests, according to the feedback that I get. We're going to talk about the recent commits: Haywood, Corey, Dunn, Coverly, all players that Brian Smith had a chance to check out. We're going to get into all that and more on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Birddogs.com slash Locked On College. When you enter promo code Locked On College, they'll throw in a free custom style Yeti tumbler with every order. All right, and we're just we're going to get right into it. We have no time to waste today. We got the man. We got Brian Smith coming in. Uh, Lockdown's recruiting insider. Brian, thank you, as always, for jumping in the show, my friend. Thank you. We are now to the point we're not only talking about the visits. We're talking about the post visits. We're talking about the kids committing. Lots going on in recruiting. We got some big guys to talk about on today's show. Um, since you've been on last, Kevin Haywood, Ryan Corey, Colin Cumberly have all committed all offensive linemen. Raphael, Raphael Dunn as well. We're going to start with uh, Kevin Haywood, the 6-7. Uh, just for a recruiting stars, what everybody loves, he is the crown jewel of this recent commitment uh, run. 6-7-290, composite four-star kid. Great offer list coming out of Pennsylvania. What did you like about his film when you saw him and you know, were able to kind of break up what he does on the field? He is a knee bender meaning he's a kid that's very naturally athletic despite his massive size. He's the kind of kid that gets drafted. If he can stay the course, this is the kind of kid that Wisconsin folks are used to seeing end up in the National Football League. And the offer list does not lie, neither does the tape. He could play right tackle and possibly even left tackle at the Big Ten level. He should be a multi-year starter for for the Badgers. And to really put it into perspective, he's even a guy that I think is good in the screen game despite his massive size. Usually kids that that big aren't that good in it. He can get out in space, man. Uh, watching his film was a lot of fun. There's a reason that you know Penn State, Notre Dame, and a bunch of schools offered him. Very, very good football player. It seems like that we've we've talked you and I have specifically talked about this, Brian, how hard it can be to evaluate offensive linemen, you know, just sure. because they're playing smaller people, it's hard to project. He feels like the type of prospect, and uh, I want to get your take on this, that is maybe a little easier to project because he's already carrying 290. He's carrying it pretty well. He has the frame. Uh, how, how would you respond to that? The athleticism pops off the tape. You know what I mean? Like he could, he wouldn't be necessarily good at it at the power five level, but like in a 3-4 defense, he could be a strong side end and at least kind of hold his own. He's a good enough athlete to do that. If there were plays on film – where he moved around on defense and did some things. There were some plays on film where he got out in space and took on guys that are almost half his size, it seemed like, and was able to get onto them and, and hold a block. So the athleticism in space makes him a much easier prospect to project, especially because he's a tackle. It's easier to see the film. Interior guys are, are a nightmare to evaluate because you can't see the hand movement, et cetera. It's really hard to evaluate those guys. One of the things you mentioned that I want to just pick up on a little bit more with Haywood is you said right tackle, maybe even a left tackle, the big 10 level. What gives you the hesitation there when you say maybe left tackle? It's very simple. There are about six to 10 schools in college football that have edge rushers that are so athletic. They can pretty much point to the guy in front of them and say, I'm going to speed rush right here. And you can't do anything about it because they're 240 and you're 310. It's just size. Ohio State usually has a guy like that. Clemson, 
Uh, Notre Dame had Isaiah, Isaiah Foskey last year. They're, the guys that get drafted, they're usually a pretty limited group of schools. Alabama, can he pass protect that left tackle and be the blindside guy in a game in the Big Ten Championship against Ohio State? I'm not convinced of that yet because there's only like two or three coming out of high school I'll, I'll say that about. It's just hard. O-line takes longer to see if the kid's ready to take that role. That's all about technique, not athleticism. So physically he can, but technique-wise, I mean, he's got a long way to go like most of these kids. And he, his length, holy cow, he's got long arms. He's got all the attributes you want. Mm-hmm. Now it's just mastering the technical aspects of it, and that takes years. So the physicality is there, though, to play run, downhill, power, old-school Wisconsin football. So right tackles a, a given. The athleticism is there, too, to play left tackle. We just need to work on the technique. And I said this on a previous show. Every high school – you can say that about every high school offensive lineman darn near, right? It, well, he needs to work on his technique. Yeah, so does every single high school offensive lineman. There's only been two or three guys that I've ever seen, like, come out of high school that I thought this guy would be ready after maybe a year of offensive line play to go to the NFL. And I'm not saying this kid's one of them. But the kids that are so gifted athletically, they could play three-tech, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They just prefer to play offensive line. Kevin Haywood is a kid that athletically can do all the things that Wisconsin needs him to do on the offensive line. That's all you can ask. So we're fine there. It's just that the technique part, man. O-line is hard. One of my buddies is an O-line trainer, and I've watched him in numerous settings with kids that have got offers from the Alabamas of the world, and they're still nowhere near ready to play college football. It is freaking hard to play offensive line. Hey, not to put you on the spot here, but you, you brought it up. There's only two or three you've seen that <clears throat> you thought could come in and, and play right away. Who, what's the best offensive line prospect you've seen coming out of high school? I'll give you a hint. He was the first pick of the draft. He played at Ohio State. He got a Super Bowl with the Rams. Pace. Yeah, it's it's not a good find. What was he, he, what was he, what was he like in high school watching him? Um, I didn't get to see him live or anything, but I like, just saw some clips. It was just dumb. <laughs> I mean, he was bored. Right. He walked in and started at a top five team from day one. Yeah. I mean, and the other tackle that they had was a kid that was an NFL player, Corey Stringer. And they moved him to the other side so they could put pace in the lineup. That's wild. I mean, Stringer was first round pick. Yeah, that's wild. (laughs) Pace is the best offensive lineman I've ever seen in that regard. There's a few others that are kind of close, but like Tyron Smith. We like watching him athletically. It's like, this is just dumb. He went into USC, started right away. It was three years and he on to the NFL. Right. That would probably be the other one um, that I would say. Th- those two just athletically, just it's just dumb. Just unusual. Not, not common. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Left tackle was just a given. It was just a matter of how long it would take before they were ready. But I mean, you got to be three years out of high school. So that's like pace would have been, he'd have been a top 10 pick after his freshman year at Ohio State. Right. No, that's insane. That's absolutely insane. <laughs> Yeah. Um, let, let's move on to, to Ryan Corey. I, I wanted to bunch Corey and Haywood together because they committed basically in the same time frame, both from Pennsylvania. Corey, a little smaller, 6'4", 290, definitely projects to the interior. Um, what did you see breaking down Ryan Corey's film? What did you see on film there? He really runs his feet well, meaning after contact, he doesn't just run into the guy and just barrel him over. Uh, obviously, just like every other kid, Haywood included, he needs more technique, sure. But he gets into the guy and he wants to bury him. He fits the mentality of an interior offensive lineman. And he reminds me of a kid that's either been a wrestler, a hockey player or something, because he moves well laterally. 
He's not just a plotter and not just a power guy. He can pin and pull. Mm-hmm. Um, think of think of Michigan State 10, 12 years ago when they were really, really good and they were going through their search. They were putting some O-linemen in the NFL and they could really pin and pull. He's one of those guys. He's going to get drafted quite possibly if he can continue on this path. He can hold weight. Good athlete, man. I, I really liked him. I was surprised he wasn't ranked a little higher. Not that, you know, again, interior O-line is a, it's horrific to, to evaluate them. I get it. They're running over guys smaller than themselves, but I think he can be a two-year starter at Wisconsin. And if you can do that, you've got a chance to get drafted. You know, one of the things I, I was wanted to ask you about, because you, you brought it up in your answer there, the ranking. And I, I always feel like interior offensive linemen to some degree get a lesser grade because people don't see the six, seven frame. And, and you know, Corey, he's never going to be a tackle. He's going to be a guard, but that's okay. You need two of those. It's not a glamour position. And when people look at it, I'll just be blunt. I'm not an O-line trainer. I didn't play O-line in the NFL like one of my buddies did. But it's just – it's a technical thing. Most people don't know what they're looking at. A lot of people claim to understand football, and probably not 20% of them have a clue because Mm -hmm. it's technique, technique, technique. And O-line, especially interior, you're going up against guys that are very unfriendly at 300-plus pounds. You better have technique or you're going to get smoked. So projecting an offensive lineman isn't about the frame. It's the stuff above the shoulder. And a lot of that really doesn't start until they get to college. I'm guessing at best. And so are most of the guys in my profession at figuring out which kid should go on and be a big time player at the college level. There's a few like Orlando Pace. My dead grandmother can evaluate him. That wasn't real hard, you know, but there's just only a few of those guys ever. So mm-hmm. you've got to look at it differently with them. You've got to project how good an athlete are they? Are they going to work hard? I don't know, because it's technique, technique, technique. But the physical tools, you're, you're pretty on board with both Haywood and Corey for the oh, roles. Yeah. That, yeah, from the physical tool standpoint. 100%. Love it. All right, coming up with Brian, we're going to talk about one of the more interesting, in my opinion, versatile commits in this class. Um, we're going to talk about Raphael Dunn and see what Brian thinks of him. Coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, I've talked about it. It, it makes me look good. It makes me look not homeless. Like Bird Dogs has, has created uh, an incredibly comfortable product. Great for the summer. Go out, get to the, you know, your coffee shop, go out to the park, the beach, wherever you want to go and look good doing it, but also feel comfortable, which is like basically the pillar of my life is to be comfortable when I go out. I'm not into trying to to be a fashion icon if it means I'm not comfortable. I got to be comfortable. And Bird Dogs has given me the comfort, but it gives me the ability to look like a normal human adult while I'm out doing my errands, which is also pretty great. So right now, Bird Dogs has a great offer. Use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free tumbler with every purchase. That's birddogs.com slash LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Get a free tumbler with every purchase. The incredibly comfortable, great-looking Bird Dogs. Perfect for summer. You'll thank me later. I do want to take a quick second again, as I always do, say thank you to everybody who's tuning into the show. Really do appreciate y'all. Uh, let's get Brian back on here and continue talking about this recent run of Badger commits. Uh, Brian, Raphael Dunn, uh, 6'4", 200-pound. I, I, I would say athlete is the best way to describe him. He's going to play safety slash linebacker. He's going to be a defensive guy, that I know, uh, coming out of New Jersey. What did you think when you popped his film on? I had a hard time projecting which spot he's going to play, but based on what Fickle has done historically, he'll probably play multiple roles as he gets bigger. You start him at free safety – see if he can handle it, see if he can play some nickel, some outside linebacker maybe as he gets more weight. 
he gets into that 220 plus range, he could be an outside linebacker, but he's listed at 200 and he's got a year of high school left. So it may be hard to keep him from that. So if my best guess is he's going to be a hybrid linebacker long-term. And that's not a bad thing because what popped off on film was his ability to jump routes. If you got linebackers in cover, man, it changes your entire defense. It's something that Cincinnati did under Fickle. Gosh, they were well coached in the front seven. They, they killed teams with deflections and getting in passing lanes and picking off passes. So this is the kind of kid they, they found and they developed for years at Wisconsin or excuse me, at Cincinnati. It, it's a prototypical Luke Fickle kind of recruit. Yeah, and, and you mentioned um, safety, corner, linebacker. It almost gets to the point where it's a little positionless, right? Like, um, I'm a basketball guy, too. I, like, I love basketball. Basketball has gone away from small forward, power forward. It's just kind of positionless. You can do a lot of different things. You can be versatile. It feels like that's in a way with the Amari Snowdens, the, you know, we talked about Thomas Heiberger. We talked about, um, obviously, the uh, uh, this player right here, Graffield Dunn. It feels like they're adding just versatile pieces that, making the defense a little more positionless. That's how you can also move them around play to play. Think about what offenses do. They come out in 22 personnel and the tight ends might be attached or they might not. Mm -hmm. If they go in a full court press to use your basketball terminology and they go fast break or whatever, you better have guys on the field that can match up if they decide to go to a four wide look with both of the tight ends playing in the slot and they're going to run screens if you don't have DBs that are physical and athletic, you're going to get run over. That's where a guy like Dunn comes in. You've got to have those hybrid safety linebacker guys that can play the running game and really the screen game is just a part of it. Because if you take the wrong angle on one of these little scat backs, man, that play is not very hard for the offense, but it can go 80 yards. So that's why you have to get them. And since, again, Cincinnati was phenomenal at doing that. And he did it year in, year out. So, I think it'll be interesting to see how many of these kind of guys over the years that Wisconsin takes under Fickle because he's made a killing with them. Kind of doubt he's going to go away from it. Right. Yeah. Why would you go away with what's worked for you in the past? For sure. You know, one of the things I find interesting too is you, you mentioned, listen, as a Wisconsin fan, we have seen Ohio state, Oregon, throw those little smoke screens, those little quick passes and go 80 yards against us. We've seen that against our defense. So it, it's a painful memory. And I kind of feel like getting some of these bigger frame, longer framed athletes, it, it closes down some of those passing windows too. You know, you're dropping him into a little hook zone and suddenly you have a, instead of a 6'2", you know, kind of athletic, you have a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guy with length and wingspan. It just gums all that up underneath. That's the idea. You're just trying to add to your percentages of having a successful play. That's why coaches go after length. This kid's a freaking condor for a defensive back because he's listed at 6'4". So he's probably 6'3". Okay, mm-hmm. we're good with that. And it's the same thing at linebacker. Anytime you can get versatile linebackers with length, that narrows the gap for where they can throw the football. That's all you can ask. That's what Wisconsin got. So one of the comps that was thrown out when he committed was Isaiah Simmons. Now, Isaiah Simmons is way freakier. Like, I, we oh, very quickly he, – he's a, a – there's a reason he was the ninth pick in the draft, right? You know, Rafael is not that type of athlete, but can he be used in a similar way to what Clemson had used Isaiah Simmons potentially? There's a reason that you could say yes, and it just comes down to whether or not Dunn is able to handle the playbook because that's a lot to ask. You got to give Simmons credit athletically, but he also picked up free safety, linebacker, and defensive end for Clemson. Mm -hmm. That's not friendly. That is a lot of studying. 
So if he can, if Dunn can take on those kinds of responsibilities, maybe they play him at three different spots. Maybe he plays weak side backer. Maybe he plays some hybrid and maybe even plays a little safety. We'll have to see, but that's a lot of studying. You know what I like though about, and I always look for this with offensive linemen, quarterbacks, but also a guy like this who may have to learn multiple positions. You're talking about an offer from Vanderbilt, Virginia, Wisconsin. Like those are good academic markers. It it matters, man. Um, you, part of what we do in recruiting is we watch the film, okay? Analysts, when we do these rankings and different things. One of the parts that we don't talk about a lot because it's touchy, and one of the reasons sometimes kids don't get ranked as high is off the field, they're idiots. <laughs> whether it's going to class or not, whether it's getting in trouble or not, et cetera, that goes into it. I can't talk about it publicly in today's world because mm-hmm. it's such a politically touchy issue on anything. Somebody's always looking to throw you under the bus if you say something that's true. Well, this kid's obviously got the right kind of background based on, you know, you got a Virginia offer, you got a Vanderbilt offer, you're an academically solid kid and then some, and probably really good socially as well. So Wisconsin also fits into that. Mm-hmm. You're probably recruiting from a much smaller pool than what a lot of people are. And that's, that's, that's something Wisconsin's had to live with, but you can use it as a strength too, because team unity and chemistry will be higher. That's something Wisconsin's done for years. I doubt that's going to change under Fickle. Yeah, that's well said. All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back. Actually, no, let's before we do that, you, there was a, a defensive back um, that you wanted to bring up as well. You mentioned before the show, right. and this feels like a great time to do it, just talking about Raphael Dunn. So before we talk about Colin Coverley, um, let's talk about a four-star defensive back that Wisconsin may have a shot at here. Emilio Ogard, or Agard is a rare corner in that he has technique, he has speed, and he's been under the gun for a long time. He's a kid I knew about when he was a freshman in high school. It appears, at least for now, that it's Clemson or Wisconsin. He's from Philadelphia. And Wisconsin just does not get these kinds of kids. They blew him away on the visit. It's what you got to do. Uh, they were trailing. A lot of people thought he'd go to Penn State, but he's allegedly not going to even go to take the Penn State visit. Right there is shocking. That tells me that Wisconsin did a good job of selling everything that goes along with Madison and all the, you know, the student body and everything. But this is the kind of guy that can go into Wisconsin and change what you do. I say it every time I come on your show, and I will always say it on your show. If you're going to beat Ohio State, you better get some corners. Because if you can't play at least some man against them, they're going to annihilate you. Mm-hmm. That's just the end of it. So, you know, Kevin Haywood cannot cover the pass. You've got to get corners. This is a kid that could walk in day one and be on your two deep. He's got that kind of skill. Congrats to the Badgers for kind of breaking through that barrier. Because at some point they had to do it or they were just never going to get over the hump. So good for them. And let's see how it plays out. But this is the beginning. You need to get somebody in that ilk at least every other year, if not every year, if you want to make runs at the college football playoff. And Justin, who comes on the show a lot, loves Agard's film. Um, Talk a little bit more about his film because the the speed and athleticism to me is incredibly apparent. If (laughs) this, this is funny. If you look at a kid that has his natural God-given speed and all that. And then you combine it with somebody, I don't know who he's trained with or whatever, but he was, he was trained early on some of the basics on when to break on the ball, how to use angles and all that. It makes him look even faster than he is because he's smart and he's got the tutelage behind it. His ability to stop and start is kind of like you would see in the big 10 when Wisconsin's playing against Michigan in a basketball game, the point guards that can just, make you look silly with their ability to stop and start, get a guy to jump, and they they shoot a layup. He's mm-hmm. that guy. So he does that at corner, though, where 
He doesn't know what the other guy is going to do, and he still makes him look bad. Very physically gifted. His lateral mobility is special. And, again, it's why he's a national recruit. He had offers from everybody. Think about this. Clemson, it can be about as picky as any school in the country with their corner recruiting based on what they've done in the last 10, 15 years. They've had a lot of guys that were all ACC, some go to the NFL. That's that's as simple as it gets. They want him. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? So that's a big-time pickup if the Badgers can get it. Oh, that's really well said, and we're that's definitely somebody we're tracking. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break there, come back with Ryan. One more commit to talk about. We're going to talk about Colin Coverly and finish off this recruiting run for the Badgers. But first, a very quick break just to say thank you to everyone's listening and a quick break for our friends of the show. All right, let's bring Brian back on. Uh, Brian, let's round, round up this, this recent run of Badgers commits. Colin Coverly is the third offensive lineman in this group that recently committed 6'6", 290-ish. Um, what did you think of, of Colin Coverly when you, you saw him on film? The only question I have is how good he's going to be in pass pro. I don't think he's the same level athlete as Haywood, but he's a really tall guy. He's got power. Um, I just don't think he has the same kind of bend and, and same kind of lower body athleticism. He's a traditional Big Ten power guy. Wisconsin, you would have saw in 1995. Mm-hmm. That is that is fine. I my my same measurement is is, is Ohio State though. How is he going to do against those kind of edge guys? It gives me nerves. He might end up as a uh, offensive guard, but he's got all the power you could want. You kind of figure it out and you can work on his flexibility. You can't teach size. You can't teach speed. Those things are, are God given. He has that. So it's going to be interesting, but I just think it's going to take a little bit longer for him to develop because I don't think he's the same level of athlete as, as some of the other kids. Right. And, you know, the the offer list and the ranking probably bear that out. Right. We've talked so much about how hard it is to rank these guys, but sometimes the ranking kind of backs up what you're seeing on the film, right? He doesn't have the the quick feed of Haywood necessarily. Um, and he feels like a guy who could potentially be a guard or right tackle, give, maybe give the line some versatility, maybe just get a guy like that and you just let him develop and he just adds to the depth of the position. Yeah, senior, fifth year, senior, I could see him starting, but like Haywood, I could see being a redshirt freshman and competing for the right tackle spot. Mm-hmm. Like I think he is a dude. So there, there are only so many guys like Kevin, but uh not everybody's going to be that kind of athlete. You need different types of bodies and different types of roles. Maybe Coverly finds that in another spot. Oh, sounds great. Brian, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Everybody give Brian a follow over at FB Scout underscore Florida. We got that up on the our, our screen as well. Uh, Brian, thank you so much as always. And uh, I hope to talk again next week. Maybe we have another commitment to talk about. Hopefully so. I appreciate it, sir. All right, man. Thank you so much. And appreciate everybody for tuning in uh, on Wisconsin. And we'll talk again tomorrow.